dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri. We are coming to you from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, and I am joined by PFF lead draft analyst Mike Renner. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Excited. It's been a fun week so far, so yeah, excited to come on. It has been a fun week. Yeah. You also might recognize Mike from Bachelorette fame. Mm, probably not. You probably don't. <laughs> you, if, if you blinked, you probably did. I don't. feel like sports Twitter and Bachelorette Twitter are kind of the same thing. So it's it's crazy how many people do tweet about it. You know, like on Mondays and do both. Exactly. I don't even tweet about it on Mondays. I'm like there's <laughs> other people out there who are like. So you weren't watching it. this week? I was not watching this okay. week. So unfortunately, I haven't really watched <laughs> this season. Actually, being on the show, kind of, I used to watch it before. I kind of watch it less now because I know. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I get that. It makes you feel grimy, I, like seeing the behind the scenes. And it's like eh. I get that. You feel bad for. I used to like laugh at the people who like got, and now I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad for them. They were probably told to do that, and they're just like, they don't know any better. Or it was just edited that yeah, way. Yeah, that too. It's so. tricky. It's <laughs> tricky. But now you know all the inner workings. I know. For those of you who don't know, Mike was a contestant on The Bachelorette recently. Uh, so two years ago. Two years Back ago. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun though. It was. It was a fun experience. Definitely don't regret any of it. Uh, going on or anything like that, but uh, again, I was barely on. I got two roses. <laughs> so was it, so. Well, it was certainly not your uh, most important achievement because you are the lead draft analyst at PFF, which is a pretty big deal here at the I take combine. a little more pride in that. Yeah, than, yeah, I would take a lot of pride <laughs> in that. That's a pretty big deal, which is why we wanted you on the podcast today to talk about mm-hmm. what the Lions might do in the 2020 draft. Number three pick, do they stay at number three? Do they take Tua? Do they take Jeff Okuda? What are you feeling? I th- I think they have to trade. Like this, this with that roster as it is right now. Jeffrey Okuda is great. Love Jeffrey Okuda. They can trade and still get Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah, the it's thing. possible. Like that, that's the that's the biggest thing there. And one Jeffrey Okuda, I don't think is going to transform that roster, especially if they do trade Darius mm-hmm. Slay. Then well, you still need another cornerback yeah. also. So uh, I do think that trading, especially with Tua there, with Herbert there, with teams like the Chargers, you know, the Panthers, the Colts, all needing a quarterback, you can get a lot in return for that number three overall pick and turn that into you know. A you know a franchise transforming sort of uh, draft similar to actually what the Colts did a couple of years ago when they traded out of three, got Quentin Nelson, got Braden Smith, got you know re- reformed their offense line overnight with them. But who's the taker? I mean, do the Dolphins jump up just to make sure nobody else gets Tua, or do one of the other I teams so. try to jump the jump the Dolphins? I, it's the Dolphins to lose with you know with how much draft capital they have, they can outbid anyone at this point. But do point. they need so, to? I, they're you're, they're you're gambling if you don't yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I think with. Tua, you got to put the asterisk around his name right now with that injury, whatever. That gets cleared. He's fully healthy. Assume that. I think it's the Dolphins. I think they need to go get their guy. And Tua, I mean, there was a reason everyone was saying tank for Tua after a sophomore year. Right. It's like he didn't hurt his draft stock. Joe Burrow just rocketed up boards. Like right, he's, right. he's still worthy of number one overall pick. It's just Joe Burrow is on another level. Yeah, it definitely is, is a tight conversation between those two if Tua is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like from here at the Combine, all of the reports medical-wise have been good for him, yeah. which helps the, the trade value of that number three pick as well. Oh, Lions have to be, like, uh, over the mood <laughs> if Tua checks out. Like, that's what that's what they need. Like, that would help them a ton in terms of the value they can get. But even if not, like, I think someone's going to also fall in love with Herbert. Like, I think someone's going to be willing to move up but and at, get him as at well. three? I think so. I mean, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's – you have to if you don't get him someone else will it's like if you're the panthers and you like like this guy think he's a franchise guy yeah you know the chargers sitting in front of you they're going to get him if if not or the dolphins or someone else will move up and go get him so i think three is the spot i think washington's kind of locked in for young but then three is the spot where 
you can't risk waiting any longer at that point. Well, there's been a lot of talk about Matthew Stafford and his future with the Lions. Mm -hmm. There was a rumor that went around that possibly they were looking at shopping him, but Bob Quinn came out and said that is absolutely false, mm -hmm. not the case, not shopping Matthew Stafford. Uh, he is our quarterback. Do you think there's any chance the Lions have legitimate interest in Tua? Could they take him at number three? I don't buy that they would. I, I'm not. I, I, I wouldn't hate the decision. I think when you can upgrade at the quarterback position, or when you can even get a guy, the biggest sort of uh, what's it called, market efficiency right now is getting a quarterback on his rookie deal. You can does so much from a cap perspective, and where you can allocate resources. And if that guy's a stud, like we saw with Patrick Mahomes. All of a sudden, you can put this fantastic roster around him that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise, and you can't do it with Matt Stafford's contract as it is right now. So, I, I think there—it's possible. Like it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but I—I I don't think they have really any interest unless they someone blows them away with the sort of deal for Matthew Stafford at this point. Well, it could be a case where they are looking for a quarterback in this draft, just not at the number yeah, yeah. three position. So if they do look at quarterback on day two, day three, who are some names that could be in the mix for them to kind of develop under Stafford? I think Jacob Eason is a guy from Washington who has the big arm, similar to Stafford, has serious pocket presence issues in college. And I don't think the NFL the NFL is going to see that and be a little scared. I don't think he ends up going in the first round. So if they do, you know, they trade back, they get maybe, say, like a second round or like a, an added second round, or you can – you can throw sort of a dart at a dartboard for a, at a quarterback at that point. So Jacob Eason from Washington. I also like Anthony Gordon from Washington State. He's sticking in the Pacific Northwest there. Uh, he one year at Washington State from you know taking over from Gardner Minshew. Had a couple just real ugly games on tape. Utah game being one of them where it's just awful. But he played in a super high volume passing offense. The offense that's going to be not necessarily similar to the NFL, but you you feel better about a guy like him than a guy like Jake Fromm who was protected so much by a run heavy offense at Georgia. The guy had to, if they won at Washington State, it was because of Anthony Gordon every single game and showed a good accuracy, good feel for the position, good pocket presence sort of thing. So that's a guy who probably third round, fourth round could be available. Wouldn't, wouldn't hate pulling the trigger at that point. Yeah, I think that makes more sense from the Lions standpoint because you have a staff that needs to win. You know, mm -hmm. they've. Oh, yeah. you know been at this and they you know have had a disappointing couple of years uh in matt patricia's first two years but it does take time to to transition and to get the kind of players that fit in your system and and um you know with with the program that you want to run um but you know i have a hard time believing that they take a guy that is going to be their starting quarterback in a couple of years from now when they need to win now. i would say that's the biggest thing is year three for patricia and quinn this is five maybe or, or i'm not exactly sure what he got here but like this is put up or shut up time. Like you don't, it doesn't yeah. happen this year for them. Like you draft a quarterback and like you go, you know, five and 11 or six and 10 or seven to nine, even next year, you still might not like, that might be it. Like that might be over. You don't get to develop that guy. They might clean house, you know, on both sides. So, uh, I do think that they need, and that's why I said more than just one Jeffrey Okuda is going to turn around. You need a lot of pieces to hit overnight to really make this thing work. Okay. Is there any chance that the dolphins trade with the Redskins and that Chase Young maybe falls to the Detroit Lions because I think that is their dream yeah. scenario. Um, I don't think so just because uh, you know optically like I think that like even for in the Redskins spot if you do get blown away by a trade offer I, I would consider it but if you optically trade out of that pick and Chase Young turns into like a Hall of Fame or perennial Pro Bowl or GM you don't live it down you just like can't live it down with your fan base fan base will so like that sort of how that the whole uh, 
it's that side of the business you don't really get to control. And, don't, and as an outsider, it's easy to say what to do, but like you have to answer it and look at the newspapers every day as a GM sort of thing. So I do think that they, they're pretty much locked in Chase Young with how good he is. And like I said, if they trade it out of that pick and he becomes a Hall of Famer, they, they got a lot of explaining to do. Well, the Lions could certainly use some help up front defensively, and I think that that's probably something that they look at in this draft. Uh, is there anybody else that you could see them taking at three? Say they don't find a trade that, that really entices them. Jeff Okuda is the name that we hear over and over, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you you feel like that's not the difference that their defense needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, no, I think like that in terms of fit and player and value and how good he is, is very much makes sense. But I'm saying like one guy isn't going to, turn this around like there's multiple needs in that defense right, they need right. edge probably need uh some help along the offensive line too uh, but i think where the value is it's either you're either going to go ot there which i'm not necessarily sure they're necessarily needing a huge huge way at the moment uh it's either ot or cornerback is where like the real value is at number three in terms of the players that are available or wide receiver which again i don't think they really necessarily need so that's why okuda makes the most sense their pass rusher after chase young there's just not going to be a guy that's going to fit in the top five that you know you're going to be okay reaching for like a cleveland Farrell type of like that's that's the reach you're going to be making if you do go pass rusher okay. there okay so then when it comes to pass rusher day two who are some names that the Lions would be looking at? Because we know they need help there. Yeah, we look at Romeo Aquar's brother, Julian. I think he's right. a day two type of pass rusher. He's much more athletic than his brother, which has to suck for Romeo to some <laughs> degree. Because this guy is a freak. He's going to test off the charts here in Indy, uh, I fully expect. Uh, and I think he adds, I think he's a perfect sort of Patricia scheme uh, edge rusher in terms of can drop into coverage can rush the passer, can do a lot of different things athletically, and they, they tend to like those guys uh, off the edge, uh, Belichick disciples. So uh, I do think Aquara could be a good fit. Uh, I'm trying to think of other names off the top of my head. Curtis Weaver, I'm a big fan of. He's not necessarily uh, that type of pass rusher, but he's more versatile in terms of he can kick inside, which they also like. So versatility along defensive line is big for those uh, guys. He can kick inside, rush the passer, super high rate at Boise State. Well, I don't think he goes in the first round because the athletic sort of traits aren't there as much as uh, some of the other edge rushers. And like I said, it's a fairly weak edge rushing class. But I think second round, third round, he'd come off the board. And those two guys were pretty big fans of here at PFF just because the production at college has been right. super high. Yeah. All right. Well, that speaks well of them. If they're yeah, yeah. Exactly. Big fans over at PFF. <laughs> but I do think that that's something that the, the Lions target in terms of the defensive line. Where else do you see needs for this Lions team? Obviously, you've got to find somebody to play on the outside at cornerback. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to help uh, your defensive line. You maybe want to get a quarterback to develop. Where where else do the Lions need Yeah, help? I mean, D-line is just anywhere. You can throw three, four picks at D-line at this point. Cornerback, similarly, you can throw a number of picks at cornerback. Uh, interior offensive line as well. Uh, and, I mean, they could even use a third wideout at this point, could could add to that. So uh, I think there are a number of ways they can go in this draft. And it's, like I said, you know, with the Okuda trade stuff, there's a lot of holes to fill. And, and being able to fill them, would being able to get guys at multiple positions instead of just really, you know, this should be a trade-down draft for them instead of a trade-up kind of draft throughout the process. Because you need so many exactly. players. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. And then, of course, free agency will affect where your bigger needs yes, are yes, at. Yes. And, you know, but when you're at number three, a lot of it is best player available when mm -hmm. you're at number three, unless you get a trade that, that really, really entices you. So let's look at the wide receiver position because mm -hmm. you have Kenny Galladay, probably going to have some conversations about extending him. Yes. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is on the team right now. They mm -hmm. re-signed Danny Amendola, but he obviously is, is 35, yeah, so yeah. that's not a long-term mm -hmm. solution for the Lions. They probably need some youth at that wide receiver position. 
who sticks out at that spot? I think I could use some speed, too. And just the way the offense looked last year and how much more Matthew Stafford was throwing down the football field. And Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, great one, too. But, like, adding a third guy in there who can really, like, like a K.J. Hamler in Penn State, who runs like a 4-3, a slot guy who uh, all of a sudden just impacts the way defenses have to play you just because he's so fast. And, and know that if, hey, we get a slower cornerback matched up on him, this could be bad for us. And, and so I do think they should be looking at speed type of wide receivers. Like I mentioned, K.J. Hamler. Uh, if if Jalen Rager from TCU falls to them in top of round two, I could even like see that. Uh, there are going to be a handful of guys in this class that do run some crazy 40s. Uh, they might go early, but like I said, if on second round, third round, if there are some of those speed guys still on the board, I would, I would not hesitate to pull the trigger on guys like that. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Okay, maybe not Lions draft-wise, but when you look at this combine this year, who are you excited to watch as of the point that we are talking? Uh, the players have not hit the field yet for mm -hmm. their on-field workouts. Who do you feel like might impress this week? Well, like I said, the wide receivers are just athletic like it's a super hyped wide receiver class and I think we're going to see why people are talking about why it's so special is because not only are they good productive college players these guys are freaks like you got guys multiple guys might be running the four twos and then all the top guys probably sub four four which is just rare to see and so I think wide receivers a lot of there's going to be movement on boards after this week just because a lot of these guys are so close in terms of the evaluation that if one's this you know super freaky athlete one's just like a good maybe not exceptional athlete you're probably gonna go you're gonna lean the super freaky athlete that's just the way the nfl is going nowadays so the wider series i'm excited to watch uh, and then edge rushers is always to me and, and the data sort of backs us up in our purely analytical data projections that our data analytics team george shahuri and eric eager do uh is edge rusher has the athletic testing here has the biggest impact on those projections of any position so the testing here actually matters more than it does for any other position at the edge for guys who can rush the passer and so and if you think about like the drills that they do so like the, the 10 yard split broad jump is basically getting off the line of scrimmage as a pass rusher yeah and then the three cone is basically turning the corner as a passer so right. if you're good at both those things hey chances are you might be good as a pass rusher in the nfl so that's that's always the position i look most closely at here and like I said, the wide receiver group might just put up some numbers. Well, I think that's really good insight because, you know, for fans, we get excited about the 40s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you might not really understand how all of this translates to the yeah. NFL. But when you look at actually, okay, what are these uh, uh, drills representing in terms mm -hmm. of NFL skills? And then which pl which position groups does it matter more for? I think that's really good insight. Yeah, and everyone loves, you know, I just talked about the wide receiver class, but everyone loves a big, fast wide receiver. But... You, even at the Lions, they know Kenny Galladay didn't play a four, fast 40. Marvin Jones didn't play, play a fast 40. Michael Thomas for the Saints. Like, the, the top guys don't have to be 4-4, four, four, sub-4-4 right, four, four right. guys. You can excel. Now, that does you, – you can use speed on the football field without it necessarily translating to uh, a lot of catches, and that just impacts defenses the way they have to play you. But uh, you can be super productive. The athletic testing doesn't matter nearly as much in terms of your projection at wide receiver than it does for a lot of positions on defense. Yeah. It is interesting, too, with the – changes in the drills and the schedule of the combine this yeah, year i mean i know weird. you've come to the combine for a long time uh -huh. so you know what do you make of the changes and and how they're trying to make the combine more relevant for staffs that are evaluating these guys i don't like the prime time thing like i i just i, I liked it waking up first thing you get the drills and you get to talk <laughs> about it all day now that's i have true, to like stay true. up watch the drills i mean i'll probably really watch it from a bar it's unfortunate yeah exactly yeah. like that's unfortunate i don't have to <laughs> reel myself in probably at thursday night and friday night but yeah no, it's <laughs> 
I liked it better in the morning, but I don't, we'll see. It hasn't even happened yet, so I'll probably have a better answer for you next week. Do you feel like any of the changes of drills are significant? Do, we, do you feel like we'll see more of it's, that as time goes on? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's a good change. It's a good thing to have, but we have no clue what to do with those numbers right now. That yeah, because you're, be. not, you're not able to compare it to exactly. past that's, years. That's the whole, that's the whole like, why the athletic testing I was saying matters is because we have this massive sample size to work right. with. Now we just have like one year, decade from now, I'll tell you, I can tell you which drills actually matter, which of those are nice. But right now, it's just like, we we'll don't see. really know. Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. figuring it out. But that's what they sh it should be. I mean, because like I said, the three cone matters for edge because it's what you're doing as an edge, not necessarily what you're doing as a linebacker or what you're doing as a running back. So I think that more position specific drills or more like diverse movement things can't hurt. Seems fair. Yeah. I feel like that that makes a lot of sense going forward for mm -hmm. the Combine. Now, we're doing our, our podcast here on Radio Row as we are uh, at the Combine. We're in the Convention Center. For people who have never been to the Combine, never had a feel for it before, describe the Combine for people. I mean, just <laughs> give people a feel for what it's like to be on site in Indianapolis it's, this week. It's cool. You just, you're walking down the street and then there's Jerry Jones and then right. walk past and then there's Chase Young and it's just like everyone's just walking through these like <laughs> big corridors Nobody here in Indy. An eye. It's like one big ass convention center that you get lost in if you really don't read the signs closer and know where you're going because everything looks the same. Uh, and then just every like you you can just as a fan walk in here and not like and see all these guys and it's like all of them are on, in one spot. It really is like the sort of the, the the convention of the NFL. You it know? certainly is. Now, what do these next couple of months look like for you as you prepare for the draft? Uh, probably busy. Probably pretty busy. Understandable. <laughs> um, but actually, like, so we have a couple more draft guide iterations coming out. We had 250 guys in this first one that just dropped on PFF this week. Going to add, I think, like 50 more for the next one. And then probably, like, a couple hundred more, but maybe not as deep of profiles uh, for the very last one, which is, like, grades, stats, and stuff you can't find anywhere else. Uh, and I'm just going to be putting out uh, you know, more in-depth profiles, a lot of videos, a lot of podcasts that we do here. Uh, and I'm on the two for one drafts podcast on PFF. And that's, that's going to be, it's just a lot of, this my, this is my fun time though. I enjoy this right. way more though. It's watching these guys. It's kind of your Super Bowl. Exactly. Like this is, this is my season. <laughs> yes. Like, during the regular season is I'm kind of, it's kind of dull. No one reads, no one gives a damn about draft content right then. <laughs> but now like now it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. It is a fun time of year, especially when you're in a fan base like the Lions who have the number three pick. Obviously, you don't want to finish your season in a position that gives you the number three pick because yes. that means your season was probably a bit, bit of a bummer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now you have the number three pick, so there's so much hype around this time of year. I was going to say, the best part about it and why everyone loves it and why it's, like, universally grown into this enormous thing is no matter what happens on draft day, you got better. Yeah. Like, you, you <laughs> it's like you added free agency. It's like you just won free agency no matter what. And you, <laughs> you want someone to tell you that you did great because – all of a sudden, like that's that is almost as as empowering or as like fun as a fan than actually winning a football game because you won the offseason, you know, when you had a good draft. So it is fun. Like and like I said, no matter what happens, you get better. Will you go to Vegas for the draft? I don't know yet. We're doing a show and we're like in talks with trying to do one with a casino there. I don't think it's going to end up working out. So I'll probably be unfortunately in Cincinnati. But man. Ah, Vegas would be fun. You going to Vegas? Be, for I it? am going, oh, so that'll be no, super I interesting. Love Las Vegas, probably not. Probably if I went, I wouldn't be able to do the things I normally do there that I love about <laughs> Las a Vegas. Few distractions, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's unfortunate. I, I love that it's there. I love it's going to be in Lambeau too in a couple of years. I saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love how they move the draft around. Mm -hmm. I've been really enjoying that. Did you go to the Nashville one? I did. Well, how yeah. was that? I, I loved it. That was probably my favorite one since yeah. they've started moving the draft around. Just because. 
Um, it's a city w- that has its very distinct personality. Oh, yeah. And so they I really infused that well into the Yeah, it the was draft. on Broadway, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I man. feel like Vegas will be similar in the f- aspect that that city has a personality. Exactly. And so they're going to make the draft have that yeah. personality. And what city has a bigger personality than Las Vegas? I, I, I feel like my favorite cities that I've ever been to, Nashville, Vegas, and probably the New Orleans, like top three. Was, I just love all three of those. And so... Man, I wish I could go to the Vegas one. That'd be great. I mean, the fact that they are having the red carpet in the Bellagio, the Bellagio Fountain Fountains. is blowing my mind. I know. I just, I'm interested to see how that will work out. I used to live, you know, I used to live in Chicago, and I was like a block, I lived like a block away from where it was uh, in downtown Chicago, and it was like, I thought it wasn't that cool. It was like the poorly set up, it was in like a park, and there wasn't, it was like way too packed. It felt like you were at like a, like a music festival. <laughs> it was just like, it wasn't that. Yeah, I guess it, was, it did have music festival vibes. Yeah, I mean like uh, Lala is at that, Lollapalooza is at that same park. So uh, it was just not as cool. But like it's going to be a lot better in Vegas, I'll just say it probably. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in it. I mean, I do the red carpet usually at the draft. And mm-hmm. it's always so packed and so chaotic. And I can't even imagine how we're going to do that on a floating <laughs> stage now. <laughs> like, what? going to be on a boat. It's the most. And Mike out. I know. <laughs> a guy in another boat. I know. Walking up, boating past yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> or we'll just swim after the players yeah. trying to get chase them down for interviews. Like, uh, what even is this? It's the most Vegas thing yeah. I've ever heard. So it should certainly be mm. interesting tell people where they can find you on social yes. media if they want to uh, follow along with your draft coverage yes you find me on twitter at pff underscore mike obviously pff.com and if you get it it's only 9.99 for the draft guide it has oh, wow stats grades uh, for the like the lowest subscription you can get it with any subscription that you get at pff but the monthly 9.99 subscription you get the draft guide and it's like i said we have two more iterations coming and it's it's pretty dope. I, it's like I'm pretty Sounds like, like it. I didn't I wrote a lot of it, but I had a ton of help and they guys knocked out of park like with the graphics and like all the stats we collect are in there in terms of like drops, coverage stats for cornerbacks, pass rushing stats, pass blocking stats for O line and the grades and stuff that like no one else has. So I think it's pretty I think it's worth ninety ninety nine. Maybe I, worth a little bit more than that. I but yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean I feel like if people are really big draft fans, they want to be able to mm-hmm. talk about this and be smarter than all of their friends. Yeah. That's the move. I used to get so I was I was my birthday is April 27th, so I was always like the bir- the draft is always around my birthday, yeah, and I, w- May I would 1st, get I would so get same. like I would get like three or four draft guides for my birthday. Like, <laughs> I was growing up, I would get like any everyone anyone that was at like Barnes and Noble, my dad would get me for my birthday. So so, so if you need a so, gift yeah. idea for exactly. someone who's yeah, a really someone, big draft fan, we've exactly, got it. Exactly. There you go. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining oh, us on the One Pridecast. We appreciate it. Best of luck with the next month. It's going to be craziness for you the next couple here i'm love it though i can't wait thanks thanks for having me